0: and I enjoy that immensely. Thank you. If you have your Bible with you, I would invite you to open it to Genesis chapter 37. We're going to focus on verses 1 through 4 and then verses 12 through 28 and I'll bring in a few of the other passages along the way that relate to our story of Joseph, when we last left Jacob, he had wrestled with God all night. God had changed Jacob's name to Israel, which meant one who struggles with God. God had provided the grace for Jacob to be a new person, to see life through a new set of lenses. He would be the father of a new nation, of the people called The Israelites. God enabled him to reconcile with his brother Esau and then instructed Jacob to settle in the land of his father, and that land was Canaan. I'll refer to Jacob as Jacob through the story today for sake of consistency. Uh, It goes back and forth from Jacob to Israel, some in the text, but we'll stay with Jacob since that's what we're familiar with. Today's Old Testament story centers on Jacob's son, Joseph, the story is both a personal story and also the story of God's people. It points us to the way that the people of Israel would be enslaved in Egypt and then set free. Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. And then we see the redemptive hand of God setting him free. Joseph went from wearing the choice robe to Egyptian slavery. His life, perhaps, went like a country song, and things went bad to worse. Country songs, as you know, speak of the blues, of things that don't go the way that they often should. They speak to the struggles that we have in this life. As I planned the title for today's message, chronicling the experience of Joseph, I had no idea what would happen yesterday in Charlottesville. And I would say that the people of Charlottesville and their families, the families of the two state police officers who died, the family of the other person who died, and all of the injured, well, yesterday was a bad country song bad in the Bible these are laments songs of lament throughout the Psalter the book of Psalms we see people expressing their sadness and their mourning their hurt their despair in the in the laments so perhaps we might think of Joseph experiencing lament as things surely didn't go the way that he had planned them to go you know, in the country song, all sorts of things are voiced that are lost, and you remember that old Rascal Flats song, Backwards, talks about what happens when you sing one of these country songs backwards. He says, you get your house back, you get your dog back, you get your best friend Jack back, you get your truck back, you get your hair back, you get your first and second jobs back, you get your front porch swing, your bling, 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 and the diamond ring, You get your farm and the barn and the boat and the Harley. Some of you are really glad about that. And that old black cat named Charlie. It sounds a little crazy, a little scattered and absurd, but that's what you get when you play a country song. Backward. All of those things that we sing about express our loss. And I would say yesterday as we Sing. we see so much that was lost. But we as God's people are continually at work, continually being about the ways of God, the word of God, the hope of God, and we know that yesterday doesn't have the end of the, doesn't bring the end of the story. We know the end of the story, and that is that God is good and that God is not done yet. We, next week will come and we will see how God was with Joseph. We see the redempti- redemption of God in the story. But today, nothing is going right for this 17-year-old son of Jacob. <clears throat> so let's join the story as it's recorded in the book of Genesis. Chapter 37, starting at verse 1. Jacob lived, <clears throat> excuse me. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of seventeen, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives and he brought their father a bad report about them. So that kind of gives you the lay of the land. He brings a story to his father. And then verse 3 says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him, Joseph, more than any of them, They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph was the 11th of 12 sons, and there was no doubt that Joseph was the favorite. While Reuben was the firstborn over all of them, Joseph was the firstborn of Rachel, Jacob's favorite wife. The other brothers despised Joseph. We can point fingers at Jacob. Maybe he was too busy managing the family business with all the livestock and the herds and such that he didn't recognize where he had gone wrong back when he was raising up the kids. Maybe he didn't see in the mirror that he was showing favoritism and how it had done so much damage to the others. But Joseph was the favorite, Joseph could do no wrong. When the other kids missed curfew, they got grounded. Not Joseph. And when Joseph got his license, did he get a used camel? Not at all. No, sir. Only the newest and best for Joseph. The other brothers had to earn their keep. They worked from sunrise to sundown. They tended the flocks, moved the herds, repaired the walls, fought off prowlers, often gone for days and weeks at a time. Their work was hot, sweaty, and exhausting. But Joseph pranced around the household wearing that ornamental robe, the coat of many colors, as some scholars put it. It would have been long-sleeved and always clean, no hard work and labor for Joseph. Quite the opposite of his brothers, who had dirt-stained work clothes, and wore steel toe boots. All this just added to the fury of the other brothers. They couldn't stand it. They could say nothing nice to him. Finally, Joseph had some dreams. and Joseph is not perfect either, and his gloating about his ability to have these dreams and was telling his brothers about them. The dreams would foreshadow what would happen in the years to come. But all the brothers could hear was Joseph gloating yet again. The narrator of our story tells us that Jacob sent the brothers north to a town called Shechem to graze the flocks. One day day Jacob sent Joseph to check on his brothers and to bring back a report to him. When Joseph got to Shechem, they weren't there And someone said, oh, I saw them. They've gone to Dothan. And so Joseph went on to Dothan to see about finding his brothers. Probably a good better of a day's walk. And now we get to chapter 37, verse 17 through 20. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns, which is a well, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. They wanted to do away with him once and for all. Reuben who was the firstborn of all the brothers, had some second thoughts about all this. Perhaps he had compassion on Joseph. He tried to save Joseph's life. And he did. He convinced the other brothers just to throw Joseph down into the cistern, and then Reuben later would come back and lift his brother out of the well and then take him back home so that he could see his father. So when Joseph came walking up to check on his brothers. They grabbed him. They wrestled off of him the robe and threw him into the body of the empty well. And then this when I read this in the text. I mean I've read it before but when sometimes when you read things. Again they strike you like they hadn't before. Before. After his brothers threw him down in the well, they sat down and they ate. How sad. That they could sit down and eat a meal after deciding to do away with their brother. It's sad that there are people in the world who hate that much. They had grown so calloused, that they could care less about their brother's life. The text doesn't say where Reuben went, but apparently Reuben had left the scene at this time. Maybe he was trying to figure out his plan so that he could come back and get his, brothers, his brother out of the well and not be seen by the other brothers. Or maybe he was just so angry with his brothers he had to leave and catch his breath. We don't know, but he left. And the rest of them sat there on a rock and ate their meal, and then saw a band of traders coming. They were Midianites, also called Ishmaelites. Judah, one of the other brothers, suggested that instead of leaving Joseph for dead in the well, perhaps they could sell their brother and take away some cool cash in the process. And that's exactly what they did. In verse 28. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. So they bargained with the traders and sold him for 20 shekels, which was the price of a male slave Joseph's age. The Hebrew word translated as merchants or traders comes from the Hebrew word Sakhar, which means to travel around or to traffic or to trade. These people were in the human trafficking business. They purchased Joseph for the intent of selling him into slavery. It is a tragedy that human beings have been treated as commerce. And you might say, well, that doesn't happen today, Pastor Bob. That was then. That was way back in the Bible, or that was way back in our history. And I'm sad to say to you that there is probably, not the probably, there is more human trafficking today than ever before. People around the world, especially children, are sold into human trafficking. There, is, uh, there are people sold into forced labor. There are people who are in, in sold into the sex trade and all in between. And thankfully, there are organizations out there helping to put an end to human trafficking. We have a long way to go. One of them is right here in Richmond, the Richmond Justice Initiative, and they're doing some wonderful work. And then our own denomination, this Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, Uh, is also about that work and a lot of other people. But the point is it exists today and we have to be aware of it and as a church we have to continue the mission to end it. But this is the plight of Joseph. They hated their brother so much that they sold him into slavery and one would rather die than be enslaved. Well, Reuben comes back onto the scene and saw that Joseph was gone. He was distraught. Now what? Well, the brothers, with Judah taking the lead, make up a story to tell their father, Jacob, what happened. They slaughtered a goat, and they dipped Joseph's robe in the blood, and they took it to their father, who identified the robe as indeed Joseph's, He was deceived to believe that a wild animal had attacked and killed Joseph and Jacob would never, ever be the same again. He tore his clothes, which was a sign of his loss and grief. He put on the clothes of sackcloth and ashes and mourned for his son. No one could comfort Jacob. And then the narrator in our story puts a word in the text that helps us to see that even though Joseph was sold into slavery, that there was hope. And that is in verse 36, where the scripture reads as follows. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. And I want you to pay close attention to the word, meanwhile. There's something happening in the meanwhile. And I believe that that is where you and I exist. We exist in the meanwhile. We see things that happen, like we see what happened yesterday in Charlottesville, where people who have hate within them come and try and stir up all of those who are around them to see that their way is right and Yet we as God's people see that and we live in the midst of that, but it's the meanwhile because God's not done yet. God is at work and desires for us to bring heaven to earth and to be unrelenting in that to never, ever, ever give up seeking good to overcome evil. Often like Joseph Our dreams are disrupted. The hopes and dreams that he had for his life were disrupted when his hateful brothers did this to him. But God wasn't done with them yet. And we would say that if we're not dead, we're not done. God has hopes and dreams for us. Maybe our faith can help us to see that when things don't happen according to the way we hope that they would, that we see a delay, that we're not done, but perhaps there's a delay in the work that God has for us, the plan that God has for us. The dream for justice is not dead. Maybe there is a delay, but it's not dead. The dream for peace and for what is good and for what is right is not diminished or dashed. Joseph's brothers and slavery couldn't destroy his destiny. Neither should evil nor hate nor strife destroy our hopes and dreams. When our dreams are disrupted, our faith helps us to see perhaps a delay and we continue to dream for a brighter day. Perhaps. Our faith can help us see that delay. Or grace, the grace of God can help us see a detour when things take a 90 degree turn from the way we anticipated them to go that that there's not an end to our hopes and dreams. Perhaps they are a detour and God will redirect our lives in that direction so that we might be able to see God in the midst of our circumstances I don't know what it might be for you but I have had detours in my life I remember back when my mom and dad split up I never could have anticipated that or planned that and it could have been well it was very difficult but it could have been disastrous if I would have allowed that to dictate my destiny but maybe in that there was a detour, and God has enabled me to see him at work in spite of. Paul writes, We know that in all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. And then this verse 36. I just hung on that as I was preparing for this morning. The meanwhile. Could you and I embrace the meanwhile in verse 36 and never stop dreaming about what can be? I refuse to allow people to claim in the name of Jesus that one race is superior over another. And that's what white supremacy is about that they have a special anointing from God and that God created them superior to everyone else and they are the superior race. And that is false. That is contrary to Scripture. That is the same as if someone goes out and represents another religion and crashes a plane into a place. For people to stand up and say they are Christians and then to espouse that kind of thought and philosophy is totally and completely unbiblical. It's not justifiable, and we must pray for people who do that. We must. In the midst of all of this, we, the meanwhile people, must not stop dreaming for a better day. My grandfather, McDaniel, was a prisoner of war in Nazi Germany for six months and was liberated and was able to live and help to liberate some of the horrific concentration camps. And when we went through his things after his death in 2005, one of the belongings that he had brought home from the war was an armband from a Nazi officer that had the swastika on it. My grandfather and many others served their country and many, many lost their lives so that we would not be under that kind of a regime, that we could be free people. And today, when people espouse that kind of hatred, I just, I just cannot fathom it, and I, I just have to pray that God would be sovereign. As we live in the meanwhile, our story is still being written. We must never give up to seek to live as God's redeemed people, Joseph's brothers are gloating, but he is surviving. Jacob and Reuben grieve, but Joseph lives through in slavery. We struggle, we fear, we mourn. Meanwhile, God is still at work advancing God's plans and God's purposes on earth as it is in heaven. We must never cease to dream the dream that could become reality. And before Saturday's events even happened, I had this story from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech in my sermon notes. He dreamt that the United States would eventually rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed that all men are created equal. He also dreamt that his four children one day would live in a nation where they would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Dr. King had a beautiful dream. He had a biblical dream, and despite the threats and disruptions to his family, he never gave up on his dream. I believe that he was a meanwhile person. I believe you and I are supposed to be meanwhile people, too. Today, we must continue to envision a life, a world where every life is sacred, where every person is created equal, a world where human trafficking is put to end, a world where hate is overcome by evil. Hate is overcome by love and evil and fear are stamped out. A world where people don't have to live in fear. A, we're a world where there is no hate. A world where there is no oppression. Don't stop dreaming for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We who are meanwhile people. Even though life sometimes seems like a bad country song. And when our only language is lament, I am here to say that there is hope in Jesus Christ. And if we're not dead, we are not done. The prophet Isaiah reminds us this. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb The leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall place its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy nation, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover over the sea. May it be so. Pray with me. God, thank you for calling us to be a people of hope, to live as redeemed in a broken world, we pray that you strengthen us so that we can live as light in the meanwhile. Help us to go from this place, bearing the light of Christ. Everywhere we go.